everybody, and welcome back to The Crash Couch. We have a very special episode lined up for you this month. Uh, I am your host, Chris McGuffin, and I'm joined by a uh, whole crew of people this week. Uh, Lou is my uh, trusty co-pilot. Lou, how are you? I am doing great. And I figure, you know, we always... It, usually it's just me and Lou talking, um, and before we had Eric, but now it's just me and Lou, and you know, it... it it got a little uh, a little quiet here on, on our ship. So well, thank you I, for that. Just, I, I thought you were going to call me boring there for a minute. I was getting worried. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's going to go there early? So uh, the, the laughing that you hear uh, belongs to both of our guests. Uh, first, we have Andrea. Andrea, how are you? I'm good. Pleasure to be here. And Laura. Laura, how are you? I'm good. I'm also really excited to be here. <laughs> Yeah, when I when I was originally thinking about having um, two like just normal average fans uh, on the crash couch, I was thinking, hmm, gotta have Andrea, and I think Laura would be good too. So <laughs> I, I feel like this is going to be a fun episode. This is something that um, Lou, I don't know if you've ever done this before with any like if you ever did this on like Lost Chatter or anything, but this is the first time like. On a TV show discussion podcast that we have like fans, it's not just the same, the same cast every week. So yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, back on Lost Chatter, I, I was that fan that became a regular part of the show. So who knows? <laughs> Ooh, maybe this is a, a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. Now I'm gonna bomb it. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, right? Oh my god, I don't know how I got a job in the first place. It's bad. <laughs> Um, so usually right now we would, you know, talk about the latest episode of The Expanse, but unfortunately we don't have that, well, obviously. Well. Yeah, it's really disappointing. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you guys, uh, are a actual listener of the podcast or not, but, um, last episode, uh, I started off with, now Lou, just so you know, we don't have an episode this week, and he was really disappointed. <laughs> I was, I was prepared for it this time, but. Every Wednesday that I don't have a new episode, I'm like, what do I do? What did I do before? <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody knows a life after, like, or before the expanse. <laughs> kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> Moping around work, not doing everything that you're supposed to. I know. Well, now I have Wednesdays off, too. So I'm like, this would be a perfect time. So before we start, um, briefly give a, a little bit of a background about who you are and um let's see i guess why you're a fan of the expanse like the thing that you like most about it andrea you can go first oh boy um so like chris said i'm andrea i live um in canada and one of the reasons why i love the show so much it's a little bit about the story, but more about the characters and their development as the show goes on and also in the books. Um, I find character development to be amazing. Um, so I think to make it short and sweet, I'll go with that. Okay. Laura, how about you? Um, well, yeah, I'm Laura. I'm from Minneapolis in Minnesota. I uh, honestly, like, when I first bought, like, the first book back when I started reading it and just kind of like set it down for a bit but I found myself still kind of talk or like thinking 
about that universe and about like all the different nuances of you know the tensions between Earth and Mars and the belt and like kind of modern day similarities and I came back and it's just since then like I've been so tied up in that world and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I, I think characters, you, of course. You make an interesting point. I guess we can talk about it um, later too uh, about how just relatable the world is uh, of the expanse. I mean, obviously we're, we're not like traveling in space, unfortunately um, in, in that manner, but uh, at least the political uh, tensions are eerily similar to oh, yes. what we are currently experiencing. So. Especially this season. I, I found that mm-hmm. the season, it had so many political undertones. And I was like, wow, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of mm-hmm. scary. And how much I wish we had an Abbasarala. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we can all agree about that. <laughs> I know. Uh, before we get more into um, talking about really what you guys want uh, to discuss, uh, we wanted to start off this show discussing something that we've kind of avoided so far, um, that being the Expanse Origins comic books. Um, now, I'm correct in assuming that the three of you read that, right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Lou, I, I know that you're not caught up with it. You've, you've not read the Alex story. No, I haven't. I read the first two. Um, I was going to read the last one tonight before we get online here, but my link between Comixology and Amazon was not letting me in. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I paid for it, but I have not been able to download it yet. Sadly. So oh, just unfortunate. It's good. Get off the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lou, sorry, you're, you're fired. Okay, you're I'll, fired. I'll go, I'm I'll go away. <laughs> um. So just generally, what do you guys think of the, of the comic books? Do you think, um, I mean, they're, they're short stories. Uh, unfortunately they're, they're only like, I want to say around 20 to 25 pages. Um, the, like the actual panels and at least when I read them, I mean, I, I'll, I'll let, actually, I'll let you guys go first because maybe you can sway my opinion on them. So Laura, you go first. <laughs> I was surprised they were as short as they were. Like I sat down to read them and I read all of them in like however many minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh but no, I read Holden's and I was like, Yep, that that's Holden. That's definitely like pretty quintessential Holden. And then Alex was pretty quintessential Alex. What I really enjoyed was Naomi's. Mm-hmm. So much. I mean, I think I'm biased just because I enjoy every thing that Naomi is in every scene. <laughs> I, yeah. But anyway, yeah. No, I really liked how they um, explored not just her past, but kind of her and Amos's dynamic. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that a lot. Kind of like. They seem like an unlikely duo, but you can kind of see it in a whole new light for after that. Mm-hmm. I actually, and this, I this might just be me not remembering season one all that well, but and having not re- uh, gotten through the books, but I know, or I was surprised at the fact that they knew each other like more. Like I know they were obviously on the ship, 
together, but that they had like interacted in such a way before the events of season one. I didn't, I actually didn't know that. So, um, yeah, that part took me by surprise. Yeah. I, uh, well, like I kind of liked how they handled it in the books, but I also understand like it's a much different medium and you need to establish like history mm-hmm. without that like narrator. But, uh, I like in the books because it's just uh, yeah. Naomi comes in and Amos is like right behind her and he's basically just ignoring Holden. He's like, nope, Naomi's boss. <laughs> like you really get that feeling right away. Like, nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lou, what about you? Um, you know, I read the first one and then I kind of took a little break because the first one to me seemed very much kind of ho-hum. I mean, they, they hit it right on the head as far as the character goes, like Andrew was saying. I mean, it was Holden. I mean, it was definitely that character. But I, I wanted more detail. It seems like we didn't get anything new in that comic that was, you know, giving me his origin or his backstory. I'm thinking, okay, this is about the origin of these characters, but I didn't really get much more than we – maybe I just inferred that kind of stuff from, from what we read in the book so far. Um I guess somebody that hasn't read the books maybe that was more detailed than they would have gotten out of the show. Um, but I feel like that was all stuff we rehashed out of the books. Mm-hmm. Now, the Naomi comic I thought was better because there was definitely some more story going on there. You got to hear a little bit about you know the whole um, you know Amos thing and how they met and how how much he means to her, I guess, and why, which was good. I mean, it was not huge details, but enough to keep me interested. Now I'm really excited to read the Alex one because everybody says that one's best best of the three oh, so far. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess I... Oh, sorry, I was say, I guess I didn't need to have a lot of stuff in there, but I just wanted you know, throw me a little bit of a tidbit about something that's going to make me excited to make me want to read more of these. Um, you know, I don't need a novel-length um, <laughs> discussion of the stuff, but just give me a couple good facts and you're going to say, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think Holden's... Um, comic was probably the weakest of the bunch. I didn't really like get too much from it. Um, honestly, like, like the writing was, was good. I didn't mind that, but, um, I, I just, for some reason it didn't click with me and maybe it's different because I, I'm so used to seeing him in the show and not, you know, written. So maybe that, that has something to do with it, but it, it just didn't feel like I was reading him, if that makes sense. Well, the thing is, is that in in the comic um, origin story, like it's just what Laura said. It's a typical Holden that we are normally seeing within the show. Whereas when you look at Naomi or even Alex's origin story, you get a little bit more than you got in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Naomi, you get how they met. Uh, you understand her train of thought, like how she feels. And then with Alex, like, I mean, that was gut-wrenching. That was that was amazing one. I enjoyed the Alex one. So, Lou, you better get on that. Um, <laughs> I but I do agree that if I were to rank them, I'd put the Holden one at the very bottom. Not because of the character. I do love Holden, but it just – typical Holden. We already know the, his character. I wish there was a little bit more to it because he's, like, so – He's like the main character of the show, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Um, I, I'm totally on board about Alex's story being the best. That one really 
I mean, it didn't hit home for me, like, personally, but I, I felt really, like, for the first time, and I kind of got this with Naomi a little bit, but um, for Alex's story, I felt like that really just added something to the character. Yeah, and I agree made me understand some things about what we got um like in the actual show itself uh and not well i guess kind of his motivations really when you think about it because it 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 tells the story about um and i don't really want to spoil anything but yeah i guess it kind of shows why he just he loves piloting so much Mm -hmm. um and his his motivations behind that um now, the, I know they're doing a fourth one. I assume that's going to be about Amos? I'm so excited. <laughs> I, know. I know. Just After, give it to me now. Like, <laughs> have you read The Turn? I have not. It's really good, and you should, but... Like after that, I'm so like I'm so ready to see how they're gonna <laughs> handle like Amos's backstory because he's he's got a lot of history in his history. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, I've I've heard from multiple people that have actually read the books that he um, and, and the short stories too that he has more of a background than what we're definitely seeing on the show. So it is something that I'm curious about as well. Um, Amos is not my favorite character from the show, but he's probably one of the more intriguing ones in terms of his uh, background story. So, yeah, I, I definitely am anticipating I think, that. I think he's definitely going to be one of the characters that gets better with time. Or mm-hmm. not better, but more relatable or yeah. more open. Yeah. I think that's something, too, that the show has really done a good job at is at different moments highlights the different characters and their development. Um, that's one thing that we really praised season two one was the character development, um, at least compared to season one. And I felt like Amos was really starting to come into his own as a character and mm-hmm. like be more than just like the, the rough and tough, you know, um, yeah. strong guy that you would expect from the start. It seemed like he, uh, like, he's kind of never quite knew his place in the world, and now he has kind of a home. So mm-hmm. I think he's finally kind of getting used to it. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely saw himself. that in the Naomi comic, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, even in the Naomi like... comics... Oh, sorry, Laura. Um, <laughs> you don't get to find out too much about Naomi, even though that's her ori- origin story. Um, so that was also pretty interesting because you you want to know more about why she is the way that she is mm-hmm. um so maybe in the in the future ones they'll add that oh they'll add that to the show mm-hmm. yeah i loved naomi's story but it was less like an origin story versus like just approaching the dynamic between naomi mm-hmm. and amos yeah excuse me. i agree Which yeah you're right it, it wasn't her also would love but <laughs> yep. I, mean, I, I wanted to know, you know, how they ended up on the Canterbury. I mean, that would have been, I think, the good origin stories for each one of these characters going forward here. You know, what made them end up on the Canterbury? It was all talk about how kind of this is the end of the road for anybody. You end up here because you got nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. So why did she end up on the Canterbury? You know, we came into this with her already there. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. 
and that's that, I think that's what I expected when I started reading her origin story. Um, so that's why I'm like, okay, maybe they're just saving that for the show, but I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say maybe it's like a little spoilery because I know they've mm-hmm. been kind mm-hmm. of um, weaving the like backstories from the novellas or from um, right. N- not Nemesis Games, the other one is Nemesis. Anyway, Nemesis Games, it is that one about like her backstory you get to explore more and they've been weaving it throughout the series so maybe they're just mm-hmm. waiting for that because it is kind of a bombshell yeah to want to like put that out where someone or where it's more like exposed to a bigger audience probably right mm-hmm. could be and make the people like me who have not read the books all the more surprised <laughs> <laughs> you gotta I, get on I'm that Chris. definitely like that person who's like, you should read the books. <laughs> it's got, I mean, they're both great, but like mm-hmm. double your pleasure here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's awesome. But you know what? I think it's going to be very interesting for him to read the books after. Oh the yeah. Series is done. I, I think that reading it before and after the show has changed a lot of my perspective. So mm-hmm. we're going to have another podcast where we just talk about mm-hmm. Chris's experience. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, we we are going to do one after he gets finished with uh, the first book, um, hopefully before the next season starts up, to get his experience on what he thought was good and you know how it how it affected him versus what he's already seen. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're three of us are coming at it from the other way. We've read it first, now we're experiencing it. You're experiencing it first, and going to read it later. Yeah, I know. For a lot of people, the second book was their favorite, but. I think Leviathan Wakes just has a special place in my heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I remember reading that in my apartment when I lived alone with no furniture, and I'd just lay on the ground and like, set the <laughs> book, and I was like, I'm devastated. <laughs> Why is no one here to consult me? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Leviathan Wakes is a great intro to the whole series, and mm-hmm. you know, I've enjoyed every one of them. It's just that was that was an awesome book. Yeah. It was just such a great starting point. Mm-hmm. I will say, as kind of a last word on the comics, one thing that is kind of not necessarily bugged me, but let me down a little bit is the art. And because mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I didn't mean, want to say anything too like or too much about that because I mean it did its job. It was yeah. clear, <laughs> right? It was just adequate, though. I mean, it's not like poorly drawn i think it's just very simplistic exactly yeah that's what i was trying to say <laughs> yeah there was no moment in the books that jumped off the page at me and said here you go it mm-hmm. was just it was there yeah yeah if this was like an actual full-fledged series even you know more than just i think what four issues um it might have more effort put into it but yeah um and, you know, again, I don't want to sit here and badmouth it and say that the art is just awful, but because no. um, it at least gets the job done. But it's just very minimalistic. And I, I wish at least it had a few panels that were, you know, more detailed in places. Um, or I, like was, even just stylized in some way, because mm-hmm. then it's unique and fun. Yeah. There was actually one uh, part that... Um, 
looked a lot like they had just reused half of the same panel of the one above it <laughs> and uh, like drew another ver- like drew another character in the background to show change and it just it really I, rubbed me the wrong way i can't even hate on that i mean i'm not getting paid to do any of the art i do but i've definitely done that i'm like i'm so mm-hmm. lazy <laughs> yeah i want to redo this <laughs> um but yeah, otherwise, I, I certainly think it's they're worth reading. Um, I'm again, I'm anxious to see how the fourth one goes, uh, and I think it yeah, provides really good material. Um, kind of how they're the releasing them, maybe just in terms of like emotional, mm-hmm. like investment that you're going to be making, like Holden's. Like, yep, that's Holden. Naomi's <sighs> like, oh yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Alex is like punch to the gut. Yeah. <laughs> Amos is just going to be distraction. It's just going to ruin. You're going to break your phone after you're done. <laughs> of course. Just going to crawl in a corner and cry until <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> so I, that's really all we wanted to say about the comics. Um, whenever the fourth one comes out, Lou, we'll have to uh, make sure we discuss that. And re- re- read them promptly so we're, we're not like months behind... The releases. Um, so yeah, well, I don't really have anything else that I wanted to say. Um, but Andrea and Laura, since both of you are our honored guests, I figured now is the time for you to, you know, kind of um, talk about some of the things that you like about the expanse, even things you don't like. Um, again, try to try to stay away from book discussion, just because. You know, we don't want to get into spoiler territory. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know if you guys had anything planned specifically that you wanted to say or talk about. This is kind of just your moment to shine. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, I should write this down because I was, well, I was listening to some of the past episodes to kind of like get my head back into that kind of podcast because mm-hmm. I've been listening to some weird ones, but. Uh, <laughs> Let's keep it PG here. (laughs) Not like that weird, just like, just, oh my god, so, just silly. But, uh, I was like, I should write this down because I'm literally just listening to it and, like, talking back Mm -hmm. to the radio. Like, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Or, oh, well, I feel like this. I'm like, okay, now I just need to remember all that stuff that I just thought. Them's opinions. You see, writing things down is way too much like preparing. So, you know, that, yeah. that takes a lot of yeah. effort. We're not all you about know, that around here. So. As a teacher, I prepared. I, I'm ready. <laughs> as a student, but, you know, I'm not at all. Exactly. So those I'm, dynamics are different. not even a grade, but I'm going to fail this. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I wrote some questions down, and then I couldn't find them. So... Oh. <laughs> Anxiety. <laughs> is that, is that, that like the dog eat your homework? Yeah, exactly. Wow, I'm the, like the my students right now. It's like wow. they better not be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it against me. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I think kind of one of the things that I've just been thinking about in terms of like, hey, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to? or what do I like about this? What really stood out to me was just season two, like not even a part, just, just all of it, Mm -hmm. all of it. They kept like, okay, no, 
pulled up, not just all of it, one part, and that's the Arbogast. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I wrote I'm about that still, too. still obsessed with that. Still. Still think about it. Because I feel like this is going to get old, and you're like, Laura, stop talking about it. <laughs> well, in the book, but in the book, it was also just, like, mind-blowing and that's one of the points where I set my book down. I was like, I need to take a break. <laughs> I'm, I'm hurting. But, uh, like, I totally forgot about it until it was on screen. And I was just like, arms in the air. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> just, like, how much time went into, like animating that too i'm sure mm-hmm. it was a beautiful oh. scene i yeah, oh, yeah. love it so much so i am always so impressed by like the visuals and the cgi mm-hmm. like when they said it was gonna go to sci-fi and i was like oh okay because all i thought was oh sharknado cool <laughs> oh god yeah. no it's great <laughs> yeah that network let's do it <laughs> But I think they're getting back towards genre fiction, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And they really did a great, great job with the show. Yeah. I was looking back at just different for season one and season two, what episodes really stood out to me. And I could find more episodes that I enjoyed in season two than I enjoyed in season one because of the visual effects. Bob and his team have been doing an exceptional job Mm -hmm. at it. And uh, so much praise goes to them because without them, some of those breathtaking scenes would just, I don't know. I just, I can't picture the show without them and so much recognition to them for, for sure. Yeah. Like when they did, well, when they did home, that was also, Uh. Yeah, let's not talk about this. <laughs> okay, like visually, just it was great. Also, the sound design or um, yes. music on that was like a mm-hmm. funeral dirge at the end. God. Okay. Anyway, when but, Julie but, says, "I want to go home," Laura, I bawled I, my oh. eyes out. I could relate to her at that moment. Um, oh, it was just beautiful. And then when I watched it with my friends. All I could do was eat my popcorn and just look at them because I wanted to see them cry. It was just evil, but at the same time, just amazing. I, I uh, well, that episode and the one before it, I previously, for the first season, had lived with my friend and I forced her to watch it. And she, well, she's addicted now. So, but I was like, I want to watch this season with you, please. This is. Oh, there's so many good moments, and there are so many good moments coming. I'm so excited. <laughs> so do you what? guys think that the reason that season two is a little bit more memorable um, than season one, do you think that has to do with the story, um, or maybe because we're more familiar with the characters, or is it just better television than season one? Because I, I actually agree with you that when I go back and I think about it, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, I binge watched season one and, um, I really had no problem with that, but I, I kind of felt myself at, at times getting distracted by like other things. It wasn't the show. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't really holding my attention, but when we would watch, um, season two, 
like I'd sit and watch it on the computer before it aired and I would like be zoned in for the entire, you know, 45 minutes that it was on because it was like so engrossing. Oh yeah. I, I think just looking at season one, um, there was a lot of factors that made it just a little bit more difficult to enjoy. I mean, you got the Belter language. That's something that you had to get used to. Right now, season two, it comes, it becomes a little bit more of a second nature to listen to it. Um, but for season one, subtitles were a must in order to get through those scenes. Um, and I think that you touched up on it that we know the characters a little bit more and we want to know how they develop and how they grow and shit just hit the fan <laughs> after the season finale. Um, so, so, and then after season two, it was like a downhill spiral out of control and it never really stopped. And that's why I enjoy it. I like the chaos of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, we never got a moment to breathe in season two, whereas in season one, there were those times where People were going through the motions of their daily lives and seeing how they were going to get through point A to point B. So I think season two was a lot more action, and that's why I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably a necessity. Like, I watched season one, and I loved it, and it wasn't until season two where I was like, this is way better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really love this. But I think it's a necessity just because... Like, television is a much different medium, and there's a huge world to develop, Mm -hmm. but they have to do it entirely through, like, scenery and dialogue. Like, there's no, you know, peeking into the narrative through the narrator, and, like, Mm -hmm. the history has to be set up by people talking to each other, or it's, yeah, it's more difficult. So I think it was definitely a necessity, but I'm glad that we're kind of into the groove now. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that's not, um, for example, it's not to say that season one completely sucked. I, I just oh, think no. that yeah. um, I the development, like you said, it's so needed. And if you go to different shows, when they start in season one, season one is kind of like, okay, very slow paced. And then it picks up. And then you're like, yeah. how the hell did we get to season five? And all this is a mess. So I think you are right. Season one was so needed to develop a lot of those scenes, a lot of those locations that you do end up seeing reoccurring in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, especially with like heavily serialized television shows like that, where it's a like, huge arcing story or a mm-hmm. huge like world that you have to build. It's like you need to kind of bring people into it before you're like, hey, here's some characters care about them. <laughs> or here's mm-hmm. like this whole political mm-hmm. shitstorm. Care about it. <laughs> like. <laughs> Just relate. Know them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are they? Mm-hmm. I need to grow up with them first. Part of me thinks, too, that I, I know that they're kind of combining um, parts of, or at least during the heavy Leviathan Wakes story of season one and going into two, um, they started to combine some of the second book mm-hmm. yeah. with things that were in the that took place in the first book and i think that was a really smart choice um and i think we saw more of that near the end of the of the leviathan wakes run as we got into um caliban's war so Mm -hmm. i think that has something to do with it as well 
Um, I'm curious when I go back and read Leviathan Wakes if it holds that same attention or um, that you know that the equivalent uh, or the TV show equivalent did um, because I know when I first because I did read I think the furthest I got in Leviathan Wakes when I originally was reading it was up to where the um, cant got attacked. Oh, and yeah. oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Barely scratched the surface. <laughs> yeah, that was the first moment. Oh my god! There's so many moments where I was just like, "Close the book, sit down, silence." <laughs> like, it was the first one where it's just like counts down and mm-hmm. Holden's talking to Ade, and I'm like, and then it just stops. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, what have I gotten myself?" <laughs> oh, the most like the funniest moment was. Um, this is related to Ade. When I introduced my friends to the first episode of The Expanse, I completely forgot her name. And one of my friends asked me, I was like, who, who is that blonde girl? And I was like, eh, she doesn't matter. She dies. <laughs> I just completely ruined it for her. She was like, oh, yeah, I shipped this relationship. Yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, just going to rip that bandaid off right now. Don't want you to get invested. Wow! Wow! <laughs> well, you know, Chris, when you come back to that phrase you said a minute ago about wanting to see if it still holds the same way when you read the book, only one way to find out read is the book. to read the book. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there for you, Chris. I don't, you know. Yeah, I'll get to it before season three. Don't worry. Oh boy! <laughs> I, I have until listening. 2018. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sad. When you say it like that, it sounds so far off. I know. I just remembered time, and it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and I'll say this about the and not to belabor the whole book versus TV show thing again, but you know, the, the TV show is fantastic. I love watching it. It keeps me in, th- you know, engrossed the whole time. I'm not, I'm not multitasking, doing something else while I'm watching it like I do with a lot of shows. It's just I'm focused on that only. The book, though, gave you a whole different sense of. I mean, I don't know. I felt like I, I knew what it was like to ride on the ships. I felt oh, yeah. like I knew what it was like to be there in the moment because it was just so well written and the details were so perfect. You know, I felt like I knew what it was like to be on a high G burn. I, I felt like I knew what it was like to, you know, be in a battle in space and not know what's going on outside the ship. Um, it, it, I think you're really going to enjoy it, Chris. I really do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that's something that, like, can't really be entirely translated on a screen too because in the books yeah you get that whole like inside right. narrative of them like wow i uh i think my leg just broke just from being pressed into a seat like mm-hmm. <laughs> from the immense pressure and how they're like sending messages like by barely moving their fingers mm-hmm. across the keyboard and you're like yeah there's just no I way hurt. Yeah, on, on, on visuals, right? Oh yeah, without it just being a bunch. That's of why I, I, laying I almost, down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I almost feel bad for people that just watch the show and nothing else because they don't know what we know. You know, they, they don't yeah. have all that detail, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I did like that they um, that they wove the um, the drive novella through it too. Mm-hmm. That was Epstein. Yeah, that was very cool. I, unexpectedly really like loved that that story mm-hmm. like more than i thought i would when they're like Epstein. i'm like okay yeah yep and i didn't read drive until after i saw those episodes i'm like oh wait 
I have a free copy that I got at Comic Con. Let, <laughs> let me go find that and read that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. Well, I like that because you can kind of see like how painful it is and mm. like how dirty it like awful that tribe still is even as like oh this great technological advancement like we're still that's still a pain (laughs) and i think that's why i also enjoy the show because it doesn't shy away from how hard it must be to do those things um a lot of other shows just i mean they just brush through it and there's no repercussions for the things that they do in terms of science. But I yeah. really love how far they take it in the show and in the books. Um, as a scientist, I just praise <laughs> these books. <laughs> I like when they kind of call back to it in the show, too. Like, we've been going for this many hours because that's also another thing you kind of lose on the on screen is because you can't spend Mm-hmm. three hours like going one hundredth of the way to your destination mm-hmm. right in in the books i forget which book it was even in but they talk about how you know distance has become time now it's not you know it's not hey it's five thousand miles it's it's a three-month journey and yeah there's a whole big section of the book about that it, it you know interesting or not it was, it was part of the narrative and, and it gave you a real sense of what it was like to be out there Oh, yeah. And no way to do that in visual medium. <laughs> so, Chris, yeah. bottom line, read the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think that, that is just the general, the general uh, <laughs> rule with this. <laughs> so what are your favorite moments and even characters um, from the show? And you can do either season two or one. It doesn't matter. Um, obviously, you know, season two is more, more recent, but uh, – is there somebody in particular that you personally relate to or that you just, you love the way that their story is, um, you know, excluding what you know from future, from the future aside. <laughs> um, I really love Naomi a mm. lot. <laughs> she, uh, I think once it got further into the story too, I was just like, I, I love you so much. I'm talking about the books again. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Well, I think that's part of what I liked about the comic, too, is that you got to see Naomi the Engineer being Mm -hmm. an engineer and, like, being her kind of, like, reclusive self, where she's just like, I'm going to go work on the engine. The ship is my buddy. I'm Mm -hmm. like, aw, look at you. And she's just easily, like, outpaces everyone else in the room. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I love you. (laughs) You're so great. It's a little, it's probably a little weird how much I love her. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I really do. Andrea, what about you? Oh, this is so hard. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that right now everybody knows me as Andrea, the person who loves Diogo. Um, <laughs> ever since season one. Um, and that's another story. When I met Andrew, that was just... We'll leave that for another time. (laughs) Um, But I think that in terms of characters, um, Chris Jen just, every single time she's on screen, she just shakes you to the core. Mm -hmm. Her power, both when um, 
when she's in character or even Shoray when she's just talking about the show. It's just amazing. Um, and she does embody her character so well. And I do love Naomi too. Um, she, she makes you cry. She makes you laugh. Um, she makes you feel anger. And then even after the end of season two, you can't hate her for her decisions. You, you understand them. It doesn't matter how bad they are. Mm -hmm. And and I love that about the characters that there is no right or wrong there. There is just, they can justify it for themselves. Um, I know that I think it was two days ago. Um, they were talking about, I think it was Anderson Dawes and whether his character was a villain. Um, and that, that was pretty interesting because there's a lot of perspective and, and and I just enjoy that. There's no right or wrong answer. It just depends on who sees the world in a different light. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think <laughs> Diogo <laughs> and Naomi <laughs> and um, Chris Jen. Okay. Oh, yeah, you cannot forget Drummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that's also probably, like, it's weird how much I just ended up loving her so much. Mm-hmm. Not to say that she's not, like, worthy of being, you know, loved that much as a character. She's great. I'm just real weird about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see her more in, in the show. Oh, I'm excited about that. I was so happy that her and Naomi got to be, uh, like, friends. Mm-hmm. You kind of get to see them like just hang out and do girly stuff, like disarm a missile and <laughs> <laughs> just the things right. we do on a typical day, right? Oh yeah, you know that's what I did this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I that's one thing that I remember about uh, when Drummer was introduced. I can't remember when it was exactly in the uh, in the show, but um, it's one of the early season two episodes, I think, but. Um, I remember uh, it was like when her and, uh, Naomi were doing some kind of like physical activity together, like playing some kind of space sport. Yeah. Um, I was like, I feel like I'm going to like this character if she sticks around. (laughs) And because I I have a bad habit of getting attached to characters and then, and then, you know, they, they die. Uh, yeah. Miller. Um, You should have seen me like when, when she got, um, shot. Mm-hmm. And they're like all just the air is like seeping out, and they're all like laying there. I'm like, I'm gonna quit this show. Yeah, I'm not. And but then you right screamed, now, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you get up, and she did, and I was like, of course you did. I never doubted you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> I was sad about like you hadn't gotten to see. Um, Sam Rosenberg and then we got drummer so I was like I'm okay with this like <laughs> as long as Naomi has a friend mm-hmm. a cool friend like <laughs> who can she she can disarm missiles with I love them <laughs> you don't get to see a lot of like especially female characters like that where they're you know they're engineers and they're mm-hmm. you know interested in all these other things besides yeah, yeah. sure well sure. you know this is years in the future and we're more enlightened race by then i guess so yeah <laughs> uh 
I'm trying so hard not to talk about the books right now, I promise. <laughs> it's just well, so good. Well, you know, you know, we can so do cool. another episode after we get Chris off the air here and then we can talk about the books. <laughs> I mean, just like the new characters they add are just fantastic and all their different identities and everything are just approached in such a normal way that I think is super refreshing. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing like, hey, look, this person, like, they just are who they are. And mm-hmm. it's great. The characters are so relatable in, in their own unique ways. And I think that's why it's easy to love them yeah. in the show. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, we're not going to go smashing somebody's head with a chicken can or a can of chicken, sorry. <laughs> um, but still relatable. <laughs> I'm pretty sure after that, everybody was like, damn, I wish I could have done that today at work. (laughs) (laughs) There's been days. Uh, Every day is that day. (laughs) One thing you kind of made me think about was the fact that The Expanse is really good about not making characters forgettable. Um, Like, even if they are only in a couple episodes, like they have an impact on you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, if like you can even go as far back as season one and talk about, um, uh, shed was yeah. shed, right? Was his name? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Here I am talking about, Oh, there's, he's not forgettable. And I can't even remember his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I still remember him, even though he got his head cut off. I mean, I don't remember just for that reason, but, um, I remember he was a part of the crew and, you know, some shows would just like introduce a character like that in the first couple episodes, kill them off. And then, you know, you would have no reason to remember them. But, um, I think there's, I'm, I, I tr- I'm trying to sit here and think it's really difficult to try to think of a character that has just been, even, you know, as, as a, even not, not like even a background character, but somebody that is just very, very minor in terms of the overall story, um, and they, they don't at least leave some kind of impact on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate like, it. Trying, yeah. I'm trying to think, I know that back to the butcher, there was that, um, when they introduce, um, I think it's that one, um, the butcher of Anderson station, when they show what's happening to those people, those were mm. so memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think Prax and his friend, um, yeah. once you get spaced at those, they weren't there for so long, but that, those things are haunting. And I, and mm-hmm. I love that. So you yeah. get kind of like their story in a short amount of time and no yeah. character is introduced like uselessly just mm-hmm. to be like a person died, this person mm-hmm. like, no, we're going to tell you a little bit about, Oh, there they go. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> But I was getting to know them. I'm like here following <laughs> so them nice. on, on Twitter, social media, all of that. And all of a sudden, that same episode, they're gone. It's just yep. playing with my heart. I know, like, I know. I'm like, are you still going to live tweet with us, though? Please do. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's funny because in another TV show, a character, even as... I don't want to say significant, but as in a supporting role as Diogo would just be, you know, somebody that occasionally pops up and he has like no substance and you're like, well, 
why that character just needs to go away. Like we're going to focus on the main cast, but they do such a nice job about making everyone kind of feel like they're, you know, part of part of part of the entire community and Mm -hmm. that, that they, they have a, have a place in the galaxy. It's not just, oh, there's somebody that walks by the camera, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, why it feels like such a real world that you can kind of get lost in is because, just like the real world, everyone has their own story. Mm-hmm. And once you hear it, like, hearing that, all this other stuff, too. I yeah. mean, not that, you know, people I don't know <laughs> hurt mm. isn't sad, but in the terms of fiction... You hear their story and you get attached to them. Mm-hmm. One thing I did want to sad. One thing I did want to make sure I asked you guys about was uh, the role of female characters in this show. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's something that pretty much everybody that is a fan of this show praises. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it in an article for our website. Um, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast. I've seen so many people tweet about it. Um, I love the fact that when I see a, a female character in the expanse, like I, I can actually relate to them as a guy and I can feel for them and and they're not just, you know, kind of shoehorned into the plot to like, kind of make sure that they're, you know, fitting some kind of agenda or something like Mm -hmm. everybody feels so real and, and they have this. Um, you know, they, they don't really fit into any cliches. Um, everyone has their flaws. Everyone has their different emotions. Um, and that's something that I think the show tackles really well. And I kind of wanted to see, since both of you are girls, what you, what you think about that personally. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of goes back to what I was just saying before, where they're just real people and they're mm-hmm. written like real people instead of writing like I'm going to write a strong female character mm. like no yeah. you just write a person and this is their interests and oh they're a woman by the way mm-hmm. and it's just written as a character that's useful for the plot as opposed to a character that's useful for some quota you're trying to fill yeah Mm -hmm. and i do agree with that i feel like when people say like a strong female character it's it's a female that she's stubborn she she goes against the the gradient and i don't find that in the expanse i feel like what you said laura is it's there every single one of the characters female characters has their own passions their own roles that it's not because they're doing it yeah because they're females Yeah, a lot of, like, strong female character types always fall into, well, we're going to make her, like, far away from feminine. Yeah. Traits that are typically feminine. Instead, it's, like, an actual strong female character is just going to be who she is, and you're going to write her as her own person instead of trying to write her like she's a man. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I do agree with that. I love all the I mean, females in the show. Like, you can tell the difference between, like, someone who, like, was written, or a female who was written as an actual person who just happens to be kind of, like, far away from femininity versus mm-hmm. someone they're trying to make more masculine. Yeah. 
And they're like, like strong female characters don't have to like punch everything. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got it all wrong. I then. mean, they can, <laughs> and I'm into it. But like, they need more to them than just ah, they punch stuff. <laughs> I will watch Bobby punch anything mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, she can do it but she has her own story too exactly and she's yeah. a person with interests and motivations beyond like just being that punchy person mm-hmm. i think that's something that they really did a nice job in the second half of the season you know when we first in- were introduced to bobby we got this really militaristic side of her that she was tough and gritty and um you know strong-willed, but then we get to the point after Ganymede when she's on Earth, and then we kind of see the more, um, not, I'm trying to find a word, maybe maybe the, the more human side, if that makes yeah. sense. Well, she is very, yeah, like, less her own person on screen, and more mm-hmm. like a unit of the Martian military, and yeah doing everything for Mars, which is, like, not a bad character. Mm-hmm. But, we do yeah, see like, once you vulnerable. branch from that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it's, there's it nothing wrong with that. saying that she was vulnerable in terms of Yeah. That. Well, it made that, she like, meant. yeah. It was very impactful then, too, because you're like, something is really going wrong because this incredibly stoic loyal person is having doubts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it was kind of weird seeing her for the first half of the season, just because she doesn't appear until Ganymede in the books, so you just mm-hmm. start with that, mm-hmm. instead of like seeing her, you hear about like her military past, but you don't see that. You just start with her like watching her squad get killed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh... Honey. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my biggest Sorry. regret. Oh, you got it. Never mind, you got it. <laughs> I think that was my biggest regret from this season was not seeing that scene that I was looking forward to from the books. I mean, oh, we won't spoil it for yeah. Chris, but I mean, I know I was tingly before the season started thinking, oh my God, I can't wait to see how you visualize this. <laughs> and, and I think since then, Bobby's been a different character for me um, in yeah. the TV show. She's definitely strong. She's definitely a good character, but not the same as the book is. I think she's coming into that now, and I'm yeah. excited to see what we see. I'm excited to see what they do with her this coming season because, you know, where we left off, <laughs> it just looks like this is gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. So, oh my god, I, <laughs> I feel like the show you know, tried to make her feel as lost as possible that she oh, couldn't yeah. trust right. anybody around her, and I think that's why it's taken such a long time to see that book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and I think that was a wise choice by them because it, it, it didn't make sense how she came to be where she was at in the books, if, mm-hmm. if you get my, without giving away too much for Chris. I mean, it, it, to me, that always seemed kind of like, well, okay, that was weird that she's doing that, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, Fire so, control. Well, no, the whole thing after that, where she ended up with, with oh. Astro and what, what happened, I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay, but the book is, I mean, the TV show is explaining it a lot better, I think, so. Mm-hmm. So that you know, kudos to them for that. Um, I think it was one thing I want to ask you guys about was that. And, and sorry, Chris, I'm going to go to the books for a second, but you know, 
the, the differences between the books and the show um, have been pretty dramatic to me at this point now. First, it was, okay, it's a little bit different. We're taking, you know, we're taking a left instead of a right and coming back to the same point, uh, you know, in an episode or two. But now they've made some choices that are pretty distant from what the book has written. Um, yeah. How has that been for you guys watching the show? I mean, for me, I know it's been kind of like, oh, I'm, this is almost like a new show to me. I'm not, I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen next. Um, how have you guys dealt with that in your own minds? I think for me, it has been, it, it's made it more exciting because I don't go with, uh, oh, I know what's going to happen in every single episode because I've already read the books. So it's um, a breath of fresh air. So I enjoy it and it makes reading it for the second time a lot more fun because you're like, oh, imagine if this would have been done for the TV show, how would it change the dynamics or how would the fans react to it? So I don't feel bad about the changes, to be honest. It's a lot of content mm-hmm. to, to jam mm-hmm. into that. So they're like, I was like, how far into Leviathan Wakes is season one going to get? Cause it's not going to get all the way through. Those are right. some thick books, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm definitely not a purist in that I want every detail to be exactly the same. I uh, think, like, the major story arcs are there, the ones that I loved. And every other decision has just been to, you know, kind of adapt it to a new medium or threads of different stories that you wouldn't get to later or that are in the novellas through there. So you can kind of get a more full picture on screen but yeah second season like, is kind of where it went off mm-hmm. book like mm. the most but ended up being my favorite so yeah no it's kind of nice being able to kind of be you know surprised and excited by it again where i'm like i i did not see that coming huh. yeah yeah plus yeah, there's no, a, lot the like, a lot of like a little lot of like little moments that I just love that they kept in that just kind of call back to it. They're like, like when Avasarala is like eating pistachios as she's like interrogating a prisoner, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. which I mean, isn't exactly what happened in the books, but just her like casually snacking on pistachios while she's like, <laughs> well, shit's going down. I'm like, that's that's my that's my girl. <laughs> I like you, you know, a lot of the things that we read in the books, they're so descriptive, and that's something going back to what we were talking about. That it's so hard for them to translate it into the show. The hallucinations, without giving too much away, Chris. Um, <laughs> those are things that it could either go one way or another. You can be like, okay, is this character legit going off the rails crazy, or like what's going on there? So, I mean, it. I don't know. It, it could. It could have been a make it or break it, but I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The one thing I wish I did get to see more of in terms of, like, from the books to the screen was um, the voice of Eros. Because in the books, you Mm. get to hear, like, very distinct words, and the sentences don't always make sense, but you get to hear an actual voice as opposed to, like, kind of a mix of things. But they ended up doing um, Julie's voice in there, so I can see how that would have been spoilery if they just brought that out. Mm -hmm. 
because what I got from the books was that it was kind of like an amalgam of mm-hmm. a bunch of voices. Mm-hmm. Right. But, oh my god, when the Navu passed. <laughs> Nav- Navu, yeah. I always pronounce that wrong. Navu. Well, I get the pronunciations wrong between the audiobooks I listen to and the TV show, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what they say in the show versus the book. I know. I was like, oh, God, they're making a TV show so I can learn how to pronounce Rasanante. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> or Nabu. Because I was it, doing that's something that nobody ever, nobody ever tweeted back to me from, from, the, from the show about this, but I was wondering, because they changed the pronunciation of um, Abbasarella from the audiobook. Yeah. To the the TV show, and they keep calling it the Rossi and not the Rossi, and they call it the Rossi in the books. I'm like, what? what I had a lot wrong? of trouble knowing how to say it. I was like the Rossi, or I, I just I couldn't. I was mm. like, what do you call this ship? <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like Rossi to me, and like yeah. I think a lot of it's just like that. See, and it's the Rossi because I mean that's what they say in the book, but that's that's also it's the Rosinante, so it's the Rossi. I mean, perfectly that that the Avasarella thing, I can go with the T V show either way, but yeah. the Rossi to me it's the Rossi, so <laughs> I've heard Roshi too. Oh, I don't oh, know yeah? if anybody has heard the Roshi crew. No, I haven't heard <laughs> who said that. <laughs> that one makes crawling. my eyes twitch a little. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the one I was always doing was the Navu. So it was like N A U. Well, A U is an O sound, so it's the Navu. They're like Navu. I'm like, what? Is what it you? bad that I always think about Star Wars when I hear that? Mm. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's just, it's so sad. <laughs> I think it's just personal for me, too, because I have AU in my name. So I'm like, my name's Laura. And they're like, Laura? I'm like, Laura? <laughs> Like it's the Novu. It's not. It's not the Novu. I'm just stubborn. <laughs> so looking ahead to season three, without without any you know, getting into story territory, um, so not plot related. But what do you want to see most um, from uh, season three? Be it you know like more focus on like new things that they're just like adding in or, or fixing maybe that wasn't the way they really wanted to go in the original books um, or, you know, new things or maybe um, characters. I don't know. It just without giving away spoilers and without really talking about the story, what do you want to see most from season three? Amos. <laughs> Bobby and Abbasarala. Those two are like my yes. dream team. I want to know I'm what so- happens. I was so excited seeing them on screen together, and then in the last episode when like Bobby comes back for I'm like, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens to those two. Um, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I'm very, very curious how far they're going to go like into the story in season three. Because, I mean, they left off with, you know, them going into Venus. So I'm mm-hmm. curious, like, how much of Venus and what it's doing, we'll see. And what happens after that. But, oh my gosh, there's so much coming. <laughs> That's what people tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Without getting spoilery, too, I am so excited 
for the epilogue of Caliban's War <laughs> to be on screen. Oh my mm. gosh, that's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I know. Everybody's going to be there. I am just going to be eating popcorn watching my friend's face. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? <laughs> um, I think that um, I want to see a little bit more about what's happening with the scientists and a little bit more background into how they're doing their research and how the proto-man was created and stuff like that. Um, That's the scientific aspects of it. And I do want to see a little bit more background in terms of our characters that we love and hold dear to our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to see... Like, they left off at the very, very, very end with Mm -hmm. um, Prax's daughter, Meg, like, Mm -hmm. getting, you know, pushed into her little sleeping cell. And uh, just how they're going to approach that in this television series, too. How they're going to do that on screen. That Mm -hmm. whole mess. And just Prax and May, hopefully, you know, reuniting poor Prax. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've really gotten to like Prax uh, over time. I was a little worried how he would fit in with the rest of the crew because I was so used to having Miller as that character. Um, yeah, but he's really kind of I, I wouldn't say fully become his own yet. Uh, oh yeah, he, he's certainly getting there, um, and I, I definitely think he's a fine addition to the team. Mm-hmm. I like it because they're all kind of different and balancing each other out and mm-hmm. then there's Prax who comes in and is so radically out of place. Yeah. And he's mm. just like he's looking for his daughter, but he doesn't have any of the kind of background that anyone else has in mm-hmm. the military or like Naomi's past, which is mm-hmm. scary, and Amos's past, which was really scary right and then there's like pure prax who just comes in like i'm a botanist (laughs) he almost has no street smarts you know he's yeah he's book smart but not life smart kind of how i imagine like most of us the readers or the watchers (laughs) Mm -hmm. the audience coming in like getting thrown into that type of story just be like no this is how realistically we would like react to this just and like you feel ah, his huh. helplessness yeah that's yeah. so true you just, feel like what like how any normal person would feel if their daughter was missing and you knew who had been the one to kidnap her so it's just amazing <clears throat> yeah he's like the little little touchstone with reality like no nope, this mm-hmm. is how most of us are dealing with it like you guys have got this sweet ship and guns, but we're helpless, and my entire lab just got smashed, and my daughter's missing, <laughs> and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't have any sort of skills to call on. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't forget that he just saw somebody that he considered a friend get spaced, too. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got no frame of reference for this. Add a little this bit is all of salt to the injury. Very, this is all happening very quickly, and I'm very <laughs> traumatized. And, oh, thank you for the gun. Is this a pizza party? Like, <laughs> mm. Oh, let's not bring that up here. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we 
We don't talk about Back pizza to practice. no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that is is a discussion that just needs one podcast episode dedicated to it. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure we all agree on that too. <laughs> Thankfully. Oh my goodness. So I want to give uh, Lou the last word here. Um, uh oh. Do you have any like questions or, th- or things you're curious about with our two guests? Because I've, I've kind of run out of questions. No, I, I asked mine. I wanted to find out their you know thoughts of the book versus the show and, and how the story is changing. And I think you know actually three of us are on the same page as far as that goes. I'm excited about the way it changes too. And um, I mean. Anything I'm going to ask is going to give away plot points that we know what's coming up, so I, I can't ask anything, Chris. <laughs> well, hey, at least you're being nice and not, you know, just saying screw you, Chris. I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm going to be very respectful of you. Haven't read the books and not, you know, I may, I may tease you, but I'm not, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Good guy, Lou. <laughs> I try. Oh, it's tough sometimes. <laughs> So, uh, Andrea and uh, Laura, do you have anything that you'd like to end the podcast with? Yes. How do you guys feel about the fandom? Oh, I love the <laughs> fandom. Se- seriously, though, as, as someone who um, I really from the moment that I got into the show, which my background is, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but um, I watched the first, I think, two episodes. The second episode was when they were just on the ship and they had to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, when they're on the like the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually I live tweeted the first two episodes of that, um, and then the intention was for us to do this podcast alongside that, but then. Uh, it got the podcast got delayed a year until the start of season two, so I didn't watch season one as it aired except for the first two episodes. I actually didn't watch season one until we did the podcast um, and started it. We started what? What was that? Lou January? I think so. Yes. Okay. Um, but even from those first two live tweet sessions, like the fandom was arguably very small um, at that point. But just the the reaction that we've gotten, not only from um, you know just for our podcast between the between people like you guys and the cast and the crew, but just I, I feel like in a time where where fandom, when it comes to nerd things, can be very divided and be very heated about things, and honestly be very unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my perspective, the fandom for the Expanse is very welcoming. Um, we're very interactive. It feels honestly like one big family. And mm-hmm. I think the fact, it, one big thing that really helps that out is the fact that I didn't get any spoilers about books by watching this. And I, there, I mean, you, you know, you, you see how active, uh, I am when I do the live tweets that mm-hmm. you would expect oh, yeah. someone to be a dick and, <laughs> spoil something for me from a from, from a later book but you know we you know knock on wood but uh we've not gotten that and i, I think that just really sums up the fandom as a whole um, i think i'm just like the obnoxious person who's like oh wait wait till you see what's coming <laughs> right it's right. so good you should read the books <laughs> they are so <laughs> but yeah no like not just the fandom but the whole crew has been 
way more polite and mm-hmm. warm and welcoming and interactive than I think any other show ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really been like if I, you know, started this and thought like, oh yeah, I'll get to like live tweet with the cast and like just send out random tweets to the crew, to the like visual effects guys and the sound guy and the linguistics guy. Like that's I mean it feels a little more, you know, normal now, but that's such like a rarity. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Really makes you feel like you're appreciated and that like they really are, you know, doing this for the love of it. Yeah, definitely. Lou, how how has your perspective been as someone who, you know, is a, is a podcaster and you're not as active on the Twitter thing as I am? No. So I'm curious about, you know, if you kind of get that same feeling. Yeah, I do. I mean, I mean, between the fans and the interaction with the casting or the crew and the cast, really on Twitter, especially during live tweets, I think it's amazing. Um, it's it's almost like we, the fans, have more access to this show than most shows I've watched. Um, you know, the, like you guys said, the you know the the crew is really really out there. You know, with with us, um, and I think they're as excited about the episodes as we are. And and the fans have been great. I mean, everybody's everybody's really into this. And, and like you said, Chris, no one's spoiling the stuff. I think there's that level of respect for the people that haven't read the books. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, hey, they probably will at some point, and I don't want to spoil this for them, and I don't want to give anything away, because now the show has got some legs of its own, and I can't spoil anything, because I, m- I might know the major plot points, but we don't know how they're going to get there. Yeah. I think that's the exciting part, is that they're finding themselves, you know, new ways and new avenues to get to the same points, and it's exciting for everybody. So I, I think that's great for the fans. The fans are great to them back, and I think it's just going to be, you know, a way to build that momentum going forward. Yeah, definitely. I was kind yeah. of expecting. Oh. Or go ahead. No, I was just going to say that um, the interactions between the fans and all t- and the crew um, and the cast it makes us feel like we're at their level. It doesn't feel like there's a hierarchy, and we we are a family on Twitter, and mm-hmm. we do have our funny moments, and we've created little many things for the show. Like I know that Shannon and Kaylin, they did the incorrect expanse and that's a, a every episode kind of thing. And then we have the alternate universe thing and then we have the pineapple pizza. So I feel like there's never a dull moment mm-hmm. ever since the expanse started. And I love that. There's always a good laugh there. Yeah. I had to explain though. I have a picture in my phone that I photoshopped of, um, from Mean Girls when that was like the hashtag of the episode. <laughs> and it's like uh, Jules Pierre Mao's head on like Regina George and she's like burning um, Aaron Wright. And it's like, what is this? I was like, so <laughs> there's this show <laughs> and it's a long story. Just, just stop looking at my phone. <laughs> mm. That's private. <laughs> I'm curious to see how that level of interactivity is um, with season three 
And I mean, I'm, I have no doubt whatsoever that it'll continue. Um, and that, you know, live tweeting on, I'm assuming Wednesdays will be the same thing in 2018 as it was in 2017. Oh, I'll um, be there. Much yeah. scarier though, because <laughs> it literally like after the first season, we get the setup. It's just chaos from here on out. Just like screaming chaos. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that one thing that's really surprised me, um, and this is really a testament to uh, the fans of the show, is that, you know, we get um, press access for the uh, show. So we get to watch, you know, sometimes uh, as far as a week or even two weeks early, depending on um, what episodes they have done. And, I mean, I'm obviously, I, I can't uh, spoil things because they're embargoed, but it's just so fun to... You know, we see, we watch the episode and then we record the podcast and then we queue it up to release uh, after the episode's done. But even watching it live as it airs with everyone else, it is so much fun because I love seeing everyone else's reaction. <laughs> I love seeing like the story. <laughs> I love the incorrect expanse uh, hashtag. Um, it's, just, it's so fun. And I, I think most of that has to deal with the fact that the fans are so enjoyable and yeah you know we're all different people we have you know different interests different hobbies different points of view different lifestyles but for just an hour sometimes an hour and a half each week we all just feel as one and it's yeah. very very welcoming oh yeah that was so That's deep so- <laughs> <laughs> that was so true it's it so was. true yeah. I, we we're bonded by one thing and even though we're so different and I love that mm-hmm I think that's like a testament to a good story is Mm -hmm. that everyone found a little bit of something in the story that Mm -hmm. they loved. And then you can use that to connect to other people and talk about these issues indirectly that, you know, we're going through and that they're going through. And it's very topical, especially right now (laughs) with all the issues that are going on. It's so true. There's actually a quote. It says, like, find your tribe and love them hard. And I feel like that's that's how we are right now. Like, we found something in common. And it's our little tribe. I love it. Mm-hmm. They also formed a very, very angry army if it ever gets canceled, though. So. Oh. oh, trust me. I'll be on the front lines. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see me there burning everything. It. Like... I'll find I'll find money. I'll just fund it and be like, "This is my season. I've got twenty dollars." <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Laura, did you have any uh, any last last call questions or comments? Um, you know, I don't I don't think so. That whole like interchange kind of just summed it all up. I mean, we went out for everything that. I love about it basically <laughs> you know or mm-hmm. everything that I want to talk to and hopefully we'll stop talking about a little bit <laughs> in front of people who don't care at all but uh no just from season one to season two to you know the books being translated onto the screen to the fandom like it's such a huge and unexpected like community that Mm -hmm. I didn't really think would grow from this, but I am pleasantly excited that I did. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I think that just about sums so it up. Hard. Yeah, to get other people into it too. I'm like, trust me, everyone who does when they take my advice and watch it, they're like, this is great. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I I know, like, <laughs> I only like great things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have a whole community of listeners that um, some of some of them have said, "Yeah, we we uh, really uh, want to watch the Expanse so we can listen to Crash Couch." And I'm like, "Yeah, you need to watch the Expanse yeah. because it's like <laughs> one of the best shows on TV right now, especially if you like sci-fi." <laughs> I have one coworker that I finally got to watch it just be, just from like talking about it, not to her because I don't see her that often. But just from talking about it everywhere, mm-hmm. which is like, so I started watching The Expanse. I was like, oh, you shouldn't have told me that. Where are you right now in the story? She's like, I'm at that part with a guy. I was like, that guy, Miller. She's like, how do you? I was like, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get weird with it. Don't, don't beat me. Well, you do have in your bio on Twitter that uh, <laughs> the expanse is literally all you tweet about. So <laughs> it's just a warning. Like it wasn't up there for a while, and then I was like, "Who is like these poor people are going to be like?" Hey, I saw one tweet that I liked of yours. <laughs> Follow, and then like season two launches, and I'm like, "You should look at these tweets too, though," <laughs> and all of these other ones under the tag. Lou, do you have any uh, last words? No, I think I'm good. I'm just looking forward to the next season. <laughs> yep. As far off as that may be. <sighs> We're half, halfway half through year. the year. Yeah. True, exactly. true. It's, it's coming. Too long, too long. I know. I have to cope. Though, so. <laughs> It'll be here before you know it. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> Sigh. I guess. <laughs> All right. I well, suppose I, it's a good problem to have. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I would much rather. I mean, there there are, are problems that I would rather not have than waiting on a I really good TV mean, show. I All right. Well, um, I think that's going to do it for uh, this episode of the Crash Couch for the month of June. Um, if you have feedback about the show, you can, uh, send us an email at crashcouch at randomchatter.com. You can also find us on our social media. Uh, we have Facebook, facebook.com slash randomchatternetwork. The Twitter for this show is at crashcouch. The network Twitter is at randomchatter. My Twitter is at the curse of Chris. Lou, what is yours? Uh, mine's my name. It's at Lou Secchi. That's L-O-U-S-E-C-K-I. Andrea, what is your Twitter? Um, it's at cats. Bears, so it's K A T Z B E A R Z, and that is Z for the oh, yeah. non-Canadians. Oh, the Canadian. <laughs> I was like, I forgot. Yeah, unless you're from Canada or Australia, you probably didn't get that Z reference. But yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, what about you? Oh gosh. Okay, so. Oh God! <laughs> My Twitter is at Laura. <laughs> that is L A U R A A A H H H H. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was funny. Awesome. <laughs> Until I have to try and remember it. <laughs> we'll put a link in the uh, show notes for people so they can just <laughs> click on the link and go from there. 
You can find all of our shows at randomchatter.com, and we'd really appreciate if you could subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or however you're uh, listening to us. Please leave reviews and tell your friends about us um, as well. If they are watching The Expanse and they need some podcasts to listen to, please recommend us. Um, if you'd like to support the network on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash randomchatter. And finally, the music you hear in this podcast is Welcome to the End by Cell Dweller. So, that's about it. So, I'd like to thank uh, Andrea and Laura for joining us for this really fun episode of The Crash Couch. I had a great time. I don't know if you guys did. I hope you did. I it liked awful. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. So, hopefully, we're able to come back again and do this. It was a I blast. would like to thank you guys for inviting me into a space where I can talk about the expanse <laughs> and people care about mm-hmm. it <laughs> or just a thing that's not chemistry right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I see your tweet, uh, recently about chemistry and school There's and stuff. So much, <laughs> <laughs> so much work. Well, the expanse is certainly a nice break from that. Oh yeah. I know. I can't wait till season three. I was like, I need more. <laughs> more things alright well thank you both again and uh, Lou thank you for joining us as well oh and, um, anytime yeah. and we will see everyone next time take care see ya bye bye